Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Podcast. I'm your host, Bobby Lamarco. And if you're watching us live on YouTube, we're on the Fantasy Focused YouTube channel. We're here at Saturday. Last week we had off, you know, busy week. I get all that, but this week we're back at it for player trends, key injuries, and things you need to know heading into setting your laps for week 12. We're also going to do a quick recap of the Thursday night Thanksgiving days because the boss upstairs told me I had to. So we're going to talk a little bit about that real quick. We're also going to break down all the player trends that we're noticing over the last few weeks. A couple tidbits that we think will be helpful for waivers, players to pick up, players to drop, and or, you know, players to start and sit for this weekend. And finally, we're going to also talk about injuries, key injuries to the defense, offensive line, other skill position players that we think is going to impact the game for your fantasy lineup. So we'll make sure we're breaking this all down for week 12. Before we do that, let's make sure we you guys are following us across the board. If you're listening on the podcast, Make sure you're following us on YouTube at the Fantasy Focus YouTube channel. Make sure you're also catching our content on the Fantasy Football Network. And finally, if you're you're listening on YouTube, make sure you're following us on the podcast side at the Believe Podcast Network. And all these episodes are brought to you by AG. Make sure you're following us across the board on Instagram and YouTube. All those avenues for the TCK pod. Myself at Fantasy Football X Factor on Instagram. On Twitter at Bobby Lamarco. We got Buck59. We got Jordan. We got Ryan. We got the Fantasy Focus crew. Make sure you're following us across the board. So if you need content, quick content, follow my stories, especially I'm constantly updating with injury updates and stuff like that. If you need those quick tidbits throughout the week, as soon as the news breaks from those Adam Schefters and, and Ian, uh, Ian Rappaport's of the world. But before we start going into our, our quick game, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about Thursday Night Football. Let's just do a quick break. We're going to talk about one of our sponsors uh, Bet Online and all our podcasts on the Bleed Podcast Network are brought to you by Bet Online. This episode of the Candlestick Kids is brought to you by Bet Online. All eyes are back on the gridiron, and his teams are back for another football season. And as always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all pro and college football action this season. With the new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, Bet Online continues to be your number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use the mobile app. And sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Don't forget to use the promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, BELIEVE, to receive your bonus. For football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet online, where the game starts. All right, this Thanksgiving Day review from Thanksgiving is going to be brought to you by our Sunday Live Start Sit Show. We're excited to announce this Sunday we are giving away a jersey of your choice, folks. All you got to do is become a super chatter, or you have to, if you don't have FanDuel, you have to use the link that we provide at FanDuel.com backslash fantasy focused. You guys are going to be setting up your account on FanDuel. If you also want to become a super chatter, you also, if you're following us on Twitch, on you know Periscope, on Facebook, and you don't have access to a YouTube account, you can also use the Venmo TCK Pod to get in. All you got to do is send us a dollar, whatever you want, to the TCK Pod Venmo account, and then we will get you. Send us your username, and we'll get you into the contest. The highest winner, most points on the week, will win a jersey. All you got to do is beat us. You got to beat the guys last week. Scott last week joined in. He won. He got himself a jersey. Scott, I still don't know if you got us your jersey size and all that. But make sure you do it. We're giving away a jersey, folks, for basically $2 to just join a contest, a chance to win. You know, test your luck on FanDuel with us, guys. And if you don't have an account, make sure you sign up with FanDuel.com slash Fantasy Focused, and we'll get you set up once you get that information. All right, let's talk about these Thursday night games. And, you know, I'm not going to get too long-winded. You know, interestingly enough, my one tidbit is that all the away teams won which I thought was interesting. The Bears, first game, take down the Lions, 16-14 on a last-second field goal. Um, basically, the biggest – there's a couple key takeaways for me in this game. First is David Montgomery, 20 touches, only mustered 74 yards in this game on those 20 touches. But this guy has a monster workload, and even after this week has one of the best matchups rest of the season. 
David Montgomery is probably going to flirt with being a league, league winner again this season. I love that usage. Darnell Mooney. I Listen, Andy Dalton, you can say what you want about the guy, but hey, he could keep one pass catcher afloat. He proved it again. Darnell Mooney, five receptions, 123 yards on eight targets. You know, with Allen Robinson out, Darnell Mooney's really emerged. It looks like he's kind of taking over as the number one. He also has a nice inside-out role, plays a lot in the slot. So I think moving forward, those are the guys you're confident in, especially when Justin Fields comes back. It looks like he has the best chemistry with Mooney anyway. So I think that's exciting for the Bears side. On the Lions, Swift hurt his shoulder. It sounds like he's day-to-day. I think this is another reminder. It's handcuffing season, folks. If you can get your hands on Jamal Williams, listen, he had 15 carries for 65 yards. You know, he looks like he if he gets the workload, if he was into a spot start, he would look like he would be a complete workhorse. And the 15 carries for 65 yards – um, and also gets a little passing game work. I think, you know, James, uh, Jamal Williams is everybody a, a swift owner should have. You should definitely go get him before your deadline passes. If he's on waivers, pick him up um, because it looks like he will take over a full-time role if Swift is expected to miss time. But Swift sounds like he's dated that he avoided any serious injury and he has the extra time off because of the Thanksgiving game. Uh, other things than that, I think Josh Reynolds is someone that we talked about previously, but he – Three receptions, 70 yards, a touchdown. Um, in a matchup against the Bears, that was not that good. I mean, even though Reynolds was someone we talked about briefly last um, previously as someone like me and, me and Buck brought up, I said I wanted to monitor him. Listen, he three for 70 and one, catches the long touchdown, has the chemistry with Jared Goff. I actually, if you have a floating bench spot, a position that you have not been able to fill, if you have a guy that you're not sure about, I think Josh Reynolds is someone, a wide receiver who could be a four, especially with the with the Lions, always seem to be, you know, playing catch-up or in close games. They throw a decent amount. So I think that Josh Reynolds is someone you can monitor. Jumping down to the Raiders and Cowboys, you know, great game. A lot of fun. Uh, absolute, you know, even with C.D. Lamb out, I mean, Dak exploded. Uh, you know, well played. I mean, that, that was insane. 36-33 Raiders. Raiders, the biggest takeaway for me, and I guess this kind of fits into player trends, is Hunter Renfro is no longer a slot receiver. He's no longer – um, just designated to that spot. So he led the team in routes, nine targets, 41% of his routes are in the slot, but he played as the lead receiver. And this is a this is something that, you know what, previously he was not doing. He was not taking the number one. It was Zay Jones and Brian Edwards and all that. But Hunter Renfro is becoming that lead guy. He's going to be more of a factor down the stretch now because if they're giving him that responsibility to not just be a designated slot receiver and he starts leading the team in routes, he's going to be more consistent. He's a very good player, um, and I think that's something to monitor. I think if he's Renfro's on waivers, um, and he probably someone you could get relatively cheap. I don't think a lot of people are trying to hold on to Hunter Renfro, but if you can get him as a throw-in for a trade before the deadline, I, I like Hunter Renfro. Zay Jones, seven targets, uh, second in team in routes. It looks like Brian Edwards has kind of fallen behind a little bit. He is taking a step back in routes. Zay Jones did look decent, but I think Hunter Renfro is the guy you want. Uh, Deshaun Jackson ran 24 routes in this game, three for 102 and one. Just another reminder, this guy's explosive. And, you know, he caught the long ball and he's getting the routes now. And I would continue to monitor that because 24 routes today, um, it wasn't close to the leader, which is Renfro. But at the same time, 24 is a decent amount for a guy, a deep threat like D-Jax. He proved it again. I mean, talk about just um, a shot in the arm for Derek Carr. I think that's good news for his deep passing game. And then Josh Jacobs, 22 carries and seven for Drake. You know, Jacobs, you know, had a bad drop in the game. Like We always can question his talent. The guy always finds the end zone. Um, during draft season, you know, it is what it is. He's going to probably be another fourth-round pick. He's probably a good fourth-round pick. I mean, he's, as long as you're not taking Josh Jacobs in the first two rounds, uh, the guy is steady as they come from a workhorse standpoint. Cowboys, not a lot to take away here. I think the good news is Gallup delivered. Uh, Cedric Wilson, which I, I wasn't high on this week, delivered a 100-yard game. Uh, Dak coming up big with no CeeDee Lamb and no Cooper. Uh, you know, Dalton Schultz continues to produce when one of the guys or two of the guys are out. Uh, so I think that's exciting from a Schultz fantasy owner. Uh, we're just not – we just haven't seen him do it yet with all three receivers on the field. Gallup and uh, – I mean, CeeDee Lamb and Amari Cooper will be back next week. They have a long layoff for the extra time. And, and Lamb, Lamb almost made it this game. He's definitely going to be back next game. And COVID, the COVID list, Cooper should be back too. So – uh, the only notable news coming out of that game was that Zeke, they, they're talking about dialing back his touches. Um, the Cowboys look like they're trying to make the push for the playoffs, and it's going to be tough to sit Zeke. 
But dialing back his touches and giving it more of a 50-50 with Tony Pollard makes a ton of sense, especially because of this knee injury. Um, Pollard just looks like he has more juice. Um, Tony Pollard, I don't know if you're in a shallow league. He might be worth scooping up because uh, at this point, it sounds like they're going to be closer to a 50-50 timeshare in this one. Jumping down to the Bills and the Saints, 31-6. This game was atrocious. Um, biggest takeaway on the Bills side, Zach Moss inactive. You're going to look at the game, and you're going to say, okay, wow, Devin Singletary, 16 carry, uh, 16 touches, 48 yards. Matt Breda, though, 11 touches, 55 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, when you look at that on the surface, you're going to see, uh, you know, it looks like Matt Bre- uh, Devin Singletary was the lead guy. But when you actually dive into the numbers, it actually doesn't suggest that. Suggest that. In the first half of that football game, Breda had nine of his 11 touches in the first half. Singletary only had six touches. Um, that's That, to me, is the hidden layer of this 31-6 route. Because you look on the end of the result and you're thinking, oh, wow, you know, Singletary was the lead guy. But it wasn't the case. When the game was in the first half, Breda actually had the more touches. I think he's a must-grab. I mean, we've seen it with the 49ers. This guy, when he gets you that 15 touches, he's electric. Granted, he he's very injury-prone. I know that. But at the same time, you know, when he's out there, he looks really good. They are not going to ask him to take 20 touches in a game. He's going to probably get you closer to that 15. He had nine touches in the first half. And if that game was anything close, who knows? He could have gotten close to 18-20 in that game. He just looks like he has more juice. I I tried to scoop him up in every one of my leagues. I suggest everyone does that too, especially heading into the next few weeks. There is a couple notable bye weeks coming up um, you know, over the next few games. So I think Matt Breda could be a fill-in until the playoffs start. And who knows? If he takes over that role, it's just based on the trends. You got to follow it. I think Matt Breda is a pickup, in my opinion. Stephon Diggs, listen, this offense has now, in the early on in the season, it was Emmanuel Sanders, a couple weeks of Dawson Knox, a couple weeks of Cole Beasley. And Diggs kind of, in the beginning of the year, kind of floated through. Wasn't a dominant number one that we thought he was, but now he's becoming the dominant one. Nine targets. The next highest guy was five. Talk about stretch run receiver. I mean, I think Diggs is going to really help you help people win fantasy titles the rest of season. Um, after that, really, it kind of just got jumbled up. I mean, you know, Beasley caught, had five targets, five receptions, had his Beasley-esque game, five for 40-ish range. Um, but after that, too, Knox, three catches, but he caught two touchdowns. So I understand that Knox doesn't have the yardage yet in the catches, but he finds the end zone. Then when they get down there, he's giving them the shot to catch the uh, – Josh Allen looks for him. Um, so I think that's – listen, Knox is going to be kind of taken away from Beasley and taken away from Emmanuel Sanders at this point. You can't rely on those two guys. I think Beasley in a PPR is kind of that high floor, no ceiling type play with Knox in the lineup. But I think Emmanuel Sanders at this point, you're, you're never going to know when you can start him. He can be dropped mostly. On the Saints side, Deontay Harris is going to be suspended for the next three games, potentially. Um, but one of the guys that I actually liked in this game uh, is Traquan Smith. I know the Bills matchup was terrible, and it does not look good for them. And and listen, we could sit here all day and talk about Trevor Simeon Come on, Trevor Simeon is not going to make Deontay Harris, Marquez Callaway, and Traquan Smith and a jumble Nick Vanette at tight end work. I'm sorry. He doesn't Tre- – Trevor Simeon isn't a guy who's going to elevate talent. And when you don't have talent, what do you expect this guy to do? It is Taysom Hill time. It should be. This guy offers that special element. It sounds like he's dealing with a little bit of a foot issue. Still, it's lingering. But I think at this point, you know Trevor Simeon. Whether you want to blame him or not, it doesn't matter. It's not working. So you got to, I think, Taysom Hill is someone that I'm going to watch out for during early on in the week, see if he's going to start getting more reps to the first team. Because it, it just, it's Marcus Callaway, Traquan Smith, those kind of guys are not going to make it work with Trevor Simeon. They are not talented enough individually to elevate Simeon. And it's just showing on the field, they are just constantly falling behind big, not working. But I think Traquan Smith is someone I'm going to monitor. Primary slot receiver leads the team in routes. Listen, the four for 31 is not great, but he played the Buffalo Bills. In a trash game. I think in a better matchup, Straquan Smith is starting to earn the trust and becoming that lead number one. I think he's someone that we can look at in soft slot matchups moving forward as a potential wide receiver three slash four. All right. So those are all the game previews. I, I, you know, a quick detail, real run through right there. Once again, these game previews are brought to you by our Sunday Live Start Sit Show. Make sure you're joining us tomorrow, Sunday, live, 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern. As a reminder, we're doing the FanDuel Challenge, folks. If you're on here, all you got to do is become a super chatter. We'll get you set up with the FanDuel account. Um, if you do it through the FanDuel.com slash Fantasy Focus, we'll get you when you send us your username. 
We'll get you set up. All you got to do is become a super chatter or sign up for FanDuel through our app. We'll get you set for the jersey. Go into Jersey. Send you for two bucks, people, for $2. We'll get you into a contest. You can win a jersey. And also, test it out. You win a couple of bucks here. And if you fill up the account uh, contest, we will. And also, as a reminder, all of your donations from the Sunday Live Show are brought to you by um, Good Sports. Good Sports is a charity organization that donates equipment to help underprivileged communities help kids play sports. 27,000 kids and 500,000 children have been served so far with equipment to play sports. We donated $100 last month of October. We're hoping to get close to that again, hopefully, uh, for November. So make sure you're joining us Sunday Live. Help us hit, a, hit our goal of $100 to donate again. Now, really, why we're here, folks, we're here to talk about some key injuries. We're here to talk about player trends. And the key injuries and player trends is brought to you by our partners over at Carefactor. And we're going to jump to a quick commercial break with Carefactor. We'll be back right after this. Hey, TCK Potters and Fantasy Focus community. Are you looking for options for hair loss? There are many options out there for treating it. However, most products treat the cause, such as DHT, and don't do much to support the growth of new and stronger hair. It's like removing harmful weeds from your lawn, but not doing much to fertilize the grass. That's why the Fantasy Focus and TCK team has partnered with Carefactor. Carefactor saw this problem and focused their research on finding just the right combination of biosynthetic growth factors and an innovative delivery system to promote fuller, stronger looking hair. So whether you're a listener who suffers from various forms of alopecia or even stress-related hair loss, the Carefactor treatment is the perfect scalp-friendly solution that can help and influence stronger and healthy hair throughout all stages of the hair life cycle. And now, exclusively for TCK listeners, use the promo code TCK at checkout to get 15% off all products at shop.mycarefactor.com. That's shop.mykerefactor.com. Carefactor, skincare for hair. All right, folks, let's get into it. Let's talk a little bit about key injuries and player trends for week 12. So first game is going to talk about is the Texans and Jets game. And I think this is actually kind of an interesting game from a fantasy standpoint. Uh, you know, a lot of injuries, a lot of players leaving. We know the Philip Lindsay being waived and the Rex Burkhead slash David Johnson, the Michael Carter being put on IR for the next three games. What does that mean for Ty Johnson? And also a guy like Tevin Coleman. So there's a lot of moving parts there. Um, these matchups are pretty solid too. So when I, when you take a look at the uh, let me let me just pull it up. Actually, I, you know I'm not do, I'm doing everyone a disservice if I'm talking about these injuries and not having the data in front of me, folks. So, um, but yeah, sorry. Yeah. So basically, all right. Um, so when I look at my matchup metric, the the Houston Texans and the Jets from a ground game perspective, are both kind of middle of the pack. You know, they're not – the Jets' run defense is very bad. The Houston's run offense is also very bad. Um, unfortunately, you know, if you're baking on that, it's probably going to be uh, – Rex Burkhead is going to probably be the guy you want to bank on the most there. But we'll talk about that in the player trend section. But some injuries returns. Justin Britt looks like he's going to be designated turn right IR. This one of the biggest underlying themes for the Texans' offense has been their decimated offensive line. They lost a couple of key players, Laramie Tunsil, Justin Britt. Well, Tunsil's still out, but Britt's coming back. So hopefully that helps them as well. Another thing that is the Philip Lindsay's departure, Rex Burkhead did dominate work on the ground. And then you also had uh, David Johnson getting double-digit carries in that game. But it was an ugly contest. And if you watch that Texans-Titans game, we all talked about this a million times, but they had three red zone, three drives that started in their own, uh, own field, and they barely moved the football. They got – 13 points out of that. 13 of their 22 points came on short yardage. You know, they didn't really move the ball that much. They had two really good scoring drafts overall. But anyway, Lindsey out, course wave, now with the Miami Dolphins. Jordan Akins was another surprise inactive. We'll talk about that in the player trends, why that's important. Because Phil um, Farrell Brown is one of my deep sleeper tight ends, maybe a DFS dart throw in this game against the Jets. But still, you know, basically Brandon Cooks is the only full-time guy. Then there's a couple injuries up front for the Texans, but nothing really to worry about there overall. Jets jumping down them. Zach Wilson should return, but he will be down some of his key starters. Of course, Michael Carter. Uh, Corey Davis is going to be out. Denzel Mims also out. Tyler Croft out. So there's a lot of notable guys that are out for this game. But based on the matchup, listen, there is no team 
that has allowed more fantasy points to outside wide receivers over the last five weeks. These injuries lean Elijah Moore. I think Elijah Moore this, this week is a rock-solid wide receiver three because of the Davis out and Denzel Mims still being on COVID. So if that changes, I think that Elijah Moore is someone that I actually feel confident in a plus matchup against the Texans on the outside. Jumping down to the Bucks and Colts, the Buccaneers, it looks like Vita Vea is going to play, which is great news for the run defense. Charlton Davis also coming back, probably one of their best outside corners, um, probably their best corner last year, one of the most underrated shadow corners from last year. That's big news. Uh, the the Bucks have not been as susceptible in the receiving game. Uh, they have dedicated more to the receiving game uh, on defense, so I think Charlton Davis coming back. This is a slight ding for Michael Pittman. Um, you're hoping for positive game script, meaning the Colts will have to throw um, because you don't think Jonathan Taylor is going to be able to go for 200 against the Bucks, but you don't put anything past him. With Vita Vea back, less likely, meaning Pittman will probably get more volume, but I just don't know. That seems like it's going to be a tough game for Carson Wentz and company. Uh, on the injury side, listen, Antonio Brown is out still. Uh, Brashard Perriman is someone that I actually like as a DFS dart throw. On DK, uh, he he started earning a little more reps last week for at Ch- Tyler Johnson's expense. If you're looking for a real, real deep name, something to spend bottom. I think he's a bare minimum on DK. Bashar Perriman, positive matchup on the outside versus the Colts. Ali Marpet only down one lineman. I don't think this is going to be a huge impact, um, but we're going to talk about the player trends a little bit later. Why there might be a little worry for Leonard Fournette. Uh, there isn't really any notable injuries for the Colts, so we can move on to the Steelers and Bengals. Uh, it looks like TJ Watt and My- Micah Fitzpatrick are going to be back. They're still going to be down Joe Hayden. Uh, this is better news for their skill position players on the outside. I think Jamar Chase is the one guy that you feel comfortable with, even when he's not catching deep passes, he's finding the end zone. Um, T Higgins, I think is bumped back into the borderline wide receiver three range with no Joe Hayden in the lineup. Um, but I think the Steelers are going to be much better with Watt and Fitzpatrick back versus what they were against the Chargers. Key injuries, Eric Ebron. Also missing some guys up front, Kevin Dotson, and also his backup are out, so they're going to be missing some guard play. Listen, what really drove Najee Harris is a locked-in starter. He's always a starter. He just gets too much volume. It's such a high floor. And, like, over the last three weeks, he's been between 14 and 15 points and half-point PPR. I mean, that's high-end RB2 numbers. You're never going to sit Najee, even with the injuries up front, so I'm not stressing about it. But Eric Ebron being out, I think Pat Firemuth, you have to start taking seriously. Pat Firemuth with no Eric Ebron. We'll talk about in the player trends section just in a little bit how good he was without Eric Ebron. But that's a huge loss. Him and Juju being out, that means Pat Fireman is going to be nearly a full-time player. I think he's going to be a lock and loaded tight end one because of that injury to Eric Ebron. Titans versus the Patriots. I mean, this is a laundry list. Here, listen, I could just run you through all the injuries, but, man, it is something. Um, it looks like last week, you know, Jeff Swain uh, was out with an injury. It helped Anthony Ferkser play pretty well. He actually ran a bunch of routes. Um, in a better matchup against Houston. Um, fortunately, Swaim's coming back, so I don't think you can go chasing, even with the injuries to A.J. Brown, because A.J. Brown is out now. Um, so I think that the returns really it comes down to Janoris Jenkins on the outside. That should help them against perimeter-wide receivers, Nelson Aguilar and Kendrick Bourne. Um, Taylor Lewan looks like he's finally getting healthy. That's also good for that offensive line. Um, but they, the injuries start piling up. Listen, Derrick Henry, of course, Julio Jones, A.J. Brown, Jerry McNichols, Adrian Peterson was waived. Marcus Johnson's out. Nate Davis guard out. I mean, just so many issues. I think personally, based on all that, you could try your best and try to go Nick Westbrook, Akina. Um, you could look at Des Fitzpatrick in deeper formats. I just don't think it's really necessary against the Patriots. The Patriots are more susceptible on the outside. Don't know how, but it just the way it works out over the last five weeks, lean outside. So Nick Westbrook could be a someone as a wide receiver for, but I think the best play is Dontrell Hilliard. With Jeremy Nichols out in the game flow that, you know, the Patriots have not been great against pass-catching running backs this season. That's Hilliard's specialty. So I think him and and also uh, the underrated play probably will be, um, you know, Dante Foreman. But listen, the Tennessee Titans, you know, they're average. This is an average matchup against New England, you know, overall. So I think Eileen Hilliard, I think Hilliard's going to be the best play. I think he's going to be on the field in the, in the best scenarios. I mean, the guy had nine targets last week, so – you got to feel that from a fantasy standpoint, so I'm okay with that. On the defensive side for the Titans, they just lost another corner in Chris Jackson. Rashad Evans is going to be out. David Long's going to be out. Another tight end, uh, linebacker, Bud Dupree, out for on IR. And then Tart, another uh, defensive tackle, out. I mean, Damian Harris, 
We're going to talk about in a little bit him and Ramajay Stevenson. At the end of the game, it looks like Ramajay Stevenson just completely dominated. He had 12 carries to 10 for Dave Harris. This is still Harris's backfield. Um, but the problem is it's a three-way head committee. It's Bolden in the pass game. Harris and Stevenson are splitting maybe probably closer to 60-40 in the run game. But I think Harris, you have to lean into this matchup with how many injuries the Titans have. I just think that he's probably going to be a solid RB2 in this game because of the injuries up front. And the Patriots are relatively healthy. The only guy they're missing potentially is Jamie Harris at linebacker. So, yeah, I think this is a Harris week. I think uh, Mac Jones is someone that you could potentially stream in this matchup, especially how banged up the Titans are. Um, they're going to have to get real creative. I think Dontrell Hilliard is someone that I like in half and full PPR. Eagles, Giants, Jordan Howard is going to be out in this game. That should elevate. I think this is the Miles Sanders week. I think Miles Sanders, we'll talk about this in the player trends, but I'm feeling it. But Jordan Howard being out, we should expect Kenneth Gainwell was a healthy and active last week. We should expect him back in, but it sounds like it's probably going to be, you know, Sanders, a little bit of Boston Scott, maybe Gainwell sprinkled in a little bit, but it looks like he lost his spot on the active roster to Scott and Howard this week. So that's not good. On the Giants side, it's Shepard, Tony, Rudolph, Caden Smith, all out. So, you know, Colin Johnson, they say, might be the slot receiver. Dante Pettis was the slot receiver in the past. Um, you know, the Eagles are very good against perimeter-wide receivers with Slay and Nelson on the outside. Yeah, I just don't know where this production is going to come from. It's probably going to be Saquon Barkley. That's where you would hope it comes from um, because this is actually a plus draw against that Philadelphia run team. Um, so I think, you know, Barkley's probably your best bet. With all these injuries, um, a lot of people are going to talk about Evan Ingram. And Spuck brought him up on our show as his streamer, Evan Ingram. But I, I will say this. Evan Ingram isn't a tight end. He is not a typical tight end. You know, most of his routes are in the slot. He's basically used as a slot receiver. He's not going to probably go up against a lot of safeties and, and linebackers. He's probably playing against more cornerbacks. So I think this is the definition of overthinking it. Best matchup for tight ends. You probably should play Evan Ingram. But if he doesn't perform, we know that it's because he's not used as a traditional inline tight end and attacking those linebackers and safeties. That's the problem with the Eagles. So that's notable there. Jumping down to the Falcons, Jags. Um, Cordell Patterson should be back this week. That's good news. We can just finally forget about Mike Davis. You know, Quadra Allison is not going to play in this game. He's out. So it looks like Cordell Patterson is going to be the guy you play anyway. So it's not even a big deal. Uh, Mike Davis looks like he's probably might even be effective. So Cordell Patterson might have even, by being out and how bad Mike Davis has been, maybe Cordell Patterson's earned a bigger role. And uh, he could get more down the stretch uh, after this game. Of course, one of the key injuries, too, Hayden Hurst is out. Uh, this kind of just vaulted the Falcons into more three receiver sets. Because without Hayden Hurst, it was uh, Zakitis, it was uh, Tajay Sharp, and it was Russell Gage. And Russell Gage actually tied Kyle Pitts for the most routes, which we'll talk about. I don't even know why I brought up player trends, but we can mix and match. Um, but so that, that was notable. That helps guys like Russell Gage stay on the field a little bit more. Better for his fantasy outlook moving forward. On the Jaguar side, I, I might be out of my mind here, but James O'Shaughnessy is coming back. James O, baby. Uh, James O, Brandon Linder, their center, one of their best gar, uh, interior offensive linemen. I think James Robinson is an underrated rest of season guy. I think I like James Robinson rest of season a lot, and I think he's someone that I would like to have on my rosters and acquire if I can. Um, that the, the line getting healthy with Brandon Linder. James O'Shaughnessy, uh, you know, we could see a little bit more. With the injury to Jamal Agnew, don't be surprised if they run two tight end sets with James O'Shaughnessy and Dan Arnold out there. Um, but this also could be a slight hit to Dan Arnold. So I'll be watching that in the player trends for next week to see if James O'Shaughnessy's return has impacted Dan Arnold because the guy had eight targets in his first game. He actually looked pretty good. So something to watch. Shaquille Griffin, one of the perimeter cornerbacks, uh, will be out. That probably impacts more like a Tajay Sharp, Zakitis type, but not going to bother with that situation, even though Griffin's out. And, of course, Jamal Agnew, this is big news for player trends. We'll touch on it a little bit, but it looks like Chenault will be back in the slot where he really started playing a lot better down um, over the first four weeks of the season. Panthers, Dolphins. Um, Panthers are still banged up up front. They are going to be down John Miller again. They're down three offensive linemen, but it looks like Cam has figured it out, uh, and he looked really good last week. Um Three total touchdowns, uh, you know, and against the Miami Dolphins, I'm not stressing about the offensive line. McCaffrey and him just make up for it somehow, and I think this is a better fit than a traditional pocket passer like Sam Donald. So these guys being out, I don't think it's going to be impacted. But moving forward, if these guys start coming back, definitely notable 
down the stretch. Dolphins acquired Philip Lindsay. Just seems like Miles Gaskin had a bunch of touches last week. Uh, we'll touch on that in the player trends, but Philip Lindsay is probably going to step right in, get us some work. Um, I'm pretty sure he has experience with Eric Sudfeld, the co-offensive coordinator. Um, might be wrong, whatever. Uh, Devontae Parker not expected back this week. Malcolm Brown still another week away. Um, Adam Shaheen, um, we should probably take a look at the Miami you know, player picks. Um, I think that's what it's called, prize picks. Prize picks is the one that does like the – the, the player props all across the United States. Um, you know, the backup tight end, uh, Schmite, Dalton Schmite, Adam Shaheen's out. They were splitting work. Uh, Dolphins run a ton of two tight end sets. Um, Shaheen was splitting work. So might be a slight boost. Maybe get that player props low. We'll check it out uh, tomorrow. I'll bring it up on the show. Chargers, Broncos. Chargers are getting back. Kenneth Murray, one of their top linebackers. I, the Chargers... Run defense was a punching bag, and people are going to start exploiting that. But the Chargers know, and they're starting getting players back in the linebacking core that can help in the run game. So don't expect it to be a cakewalk as much as they were down the stretch. Teams are going to make adjustments. I think that's going to happen. But the problem is they have so many injuries on the defensive line. Um, three defensive linemen are out. They're also going to be down safety Gilman and Asante Samuel. Asante Samuel Jr. has been one of the best corners for them on the outside. That's a boost for Tim Patrick and Cortland Sutton. Sutton has not performed since Judy's been back, but there's something grilling. I mean, I think he's a great contrarian DFS dart throw this week because I really like the matchup with Asante Samuel being out for Cortland Sutton. But Tim Patrick in season long seems like the safer bet because of that injury. Broncos getting back Bradley Chubb and also Mike Purcell. So their defensive line is getting healthy as that's good news for them. Could be a slight impact for a guy like Austin Eckler in this game, but you're not sitting Eckler. Um, the problem for the the Broncos is going to be their offensive line. Garrett Bowles, Garrett, uh, Graham Glasgow, and Bobby Massey all looking out again. Um, that's going to be tough for them to capitalize. We just saw what happened to them against the Eagles a couple weeks ago. The Eagles took advantage of that, banged up the, uh, the offensive line. Listen, the Chargers have Joey Bosa and company. I just don't know if uh, – I know having some of the injuries up front for them could be helpful, but three offensive linemen is a problem. Chargers DST could be a dart throw – Use if you want to use them in DFS, uh, could be something with all those injuries and Joey Bosa and company. Um, they're also gonna be down Kareem Jackson, their safety, Bryce Callahan, slot cornerback is out still. That's something to watch because that affects the deep passing game chemistry, uh, for the defense that could help Mike Williams. So I think Mike Williams in this scenario gets a slight boost because of that Kareem Jackson injury, Bryce Callahan being out in the slot, forget about it. You're rolling with Keaton Allen because of that injury, of course. Rams, Packers, listen, Robert Woods being out. I think everyone freaked out about Odell's Odell's production. It, that's insane. The guy signed on Friday. Then you expect him on Monday. They were talking about on the telecast constantly that Odell Beckham was not ready for hurry up offense. And the and the Rams were down most of that game. They ran a heavy hurry up offense. They wanted Odell on the field, but they couldn't get him on there because he doesn't know the singles yet. He was there for literally two and a half days before the game. Now the bye week, they have two weeks to get him up to speed. Odell's got a tough – the Packers have been a little more susceptible lately outside. Uh, Jair Alexander's not coming back. Kevin King's still banged up, but they have used different guys in the secondary because Kevin King banged up, has not played well, and Jair's out. So I think Odell, to me, is a wide receiver three this week, and you could probably use him. I think if you need some juice in your lineup, he could be someone that makes a big play. Um, he's going to be much more apt to playing this week. He's not going to continue to play part-time role. That was just a one-week thing, but it's think – it's still going to take a little time. Maybe not this week, but the next week, the following during the fantasy playoffs, we might be able to use some Odell. On the Packers' side, Alan Lazard should be back. Rashad Gary should be back. Aaron Jones is questionable. Um, who knows? Uh, he practiced limited all week. I have so much Aaron Jones. I don't even know what to say if he plays. Like, great. Hopefully, it doesn't kill me when he gets eight points because he's banged up. Um, the the injuries uh, for, for the for the. Eldon Jenkins is out, and, and David Bakhtiari is not coming back. So, slight ding for that Packers offensive line. Eldon Jenkins is a very good player. But David Bakhtiari should be back, and the bye is next week. So, I think it doesn't make sense to play Aaron Jones personally. But, we'll see. Vikings 49ers. Talk about a team that's really banged up on the defensive line. Um, Everson Griffin on the NFL list because of the situation with his mental health. Hopefully, everything works out for him. Dalvin Tomlinson also out. Mike Pierce out. Daniel Hunter out. Kenny Wilkins out. That's five guys on defensive line out. I, I think if Elijah Mitchell's in, he's in. He's in everywhere. I mean, talk about the 49ers run game against a banged up Minnesota offensive line. I mean, talk about wheels up. 
if, if Elijah Mitchell does not play, I think Jeff Wilson is that post-hype guy. Everyone loves Jeff Wilson last week. But listen, the Jaguars are a pass-funnel defense. They are much better against the run than the pass. That is not the case for the Vikings. You could definitely roll with Jeff Wilson if Elijah Mitchell is out this week. But it sounds like Mitchell should be back. D. Ford, Dre Greenlaw. Um, looks like some reinforcements for that 49ers D. Underrated play. I think the 49ers defense is getting healthy. They start looking better. They shut out Dan Arnold last week. So who does that, right? Forget about it. Injuries for the 49ers. Um, a lot, nothing really new. Uh, you know, Jermichael Hasty being out, Marcus Hurst, Michael Glinchy, but these are all old injuries. So nothing really new to report. Um, so we kind of know what we're getting from the 49ers. Hopefully Elijah Mitchell comes back. Browns, Ravens. Kareem Hunt looks like he's going to be returning. Jack, uh, Jack Conklin will be back. Troy Hill, slot cornerback, should be back this week. They should be all systems go. Anthony Schwartz, only player that could potentially be out. That might be fun for a guy like Donovan Peoples-Jones. Listen, the Baltimore Ravens are very susceptible to outside wide receivers. Uh, that could mean some big things for a guy like Donovan Peoples-Jones, who has exposed, uh, has been really good in the deep passing game. And I think the Ravens should be able to put up points in this matchup. And that means Brown should have to throw a little more. So maybe that's Donovan Peoples-Jones could be a dart throw. With Andy Schwartz being out, just more routes for him. On the Ravens side, Lamar Jackson should be back. Marquise Brown should be back. Anthony Everett should be back. Um, so that's good news uh, overall. On the defensive side, they are missing some guys up front. I mean, uh, Par uh, Mumphrey, Brandon Williams. So Calais Campbell did not practice on Friday. So make sure you're tuning in until the Friday uh, Sunday live show because we're going to talk about Calais Campbell. If Calais Campbell is out, I mean, Nick Chubb is going to eat them alive. With Jack Conklin back in the lineup and they don't have Calais Campbell, talk about just what this show is all about. Nick Chubb in your DFS lineups. Let's go. Uh, final game of the week, Seahawks at the Washington football team. Seahawks. Chris Carson, of course, is on IR. Travis Homer, out. Rashad Penny, out. DJ Dallas is someone we want to monitor because behind Alex Collins, it's just DJ Dallas. Dallas is going to get the passing game work. Um, the Washington football team playing on the road, maybe they have to play a little bit in the pass game better. I think DJ Dallas is someone I like to monitor too because Alex Collins has not proven anything yet. And DJ Dallas does has shown flashes. So I think someone that if you have a floating bench spot and you, you want to scoop up someone as a high upside stash, DJ Dallas is someone I like because of the injuries to the running back position. Trey Brown, perimeter cornerback, is out. That's a slight boost for Trey, Terry McLaurin. Listen, the Seahawks have been very good at outside wide receivers over the last five weeks. But Trey Brown, one of their key outside cornerbacks, is out this game. That's a slight bump for Terry McLaurin, so that's good for him. They are going to miss him. You're probably going to be the Seahawks going to be missing one of their best interior offensive linemen in Damian Lewis. So that's tough. Um, that could be a slight ding to their ground game again. Uh, Washington football team, of course, is a pass funnel defense. So Alex Collins might be a fade in this matchup on the road. Uh, jumping down to the Washington football team, Ricky Seals-Jones looks to be out. Um, Curtis Samuel could be back. We could see Logan Thomas in this game. Um, but we're, if it's no Logan Thomas, no Ricky Seals-Jones, that uh, that brings up the uh, the backup tight end again. And, and the guy got you know some work, but he ran a bunch of routes. Um, the Seahawks might be an okay matchup for him. So uh, that could be a dart throw too. But overall, it's um, the Washington football team. It's a lot of maybes. We'll see if Logan Thomas is activated and Curtis Samuel plays. Um, Ricky Seals-Jones does look doubtful, though. But they are missing some key guys up front. Um, they're also going to be missing Sam Cosme, one of their tackles who just came back. He's out again. So, you know, hopefully they can – the good news is their interior offensive line is healthy for the uh, Reds, uh, Washington football team. So we'll go from there. So those are all our key injuries for, for now that we have. We'll talk about more tomorrow on our Sunday live show. Um, before we get into player trends, I want to take a quick commercial break. For one of our other sponsors, the Jersey Jungle, we'll be back right after this. Are you a merchandise maniac or Jersey junkie like myself? You need to check out the Jersey Jungle. They handle their business on Instagram at the Jersey Jungle. You can use their promo code TCK for 10% off of one or two jerseys, 15% off of three or more jerseys. Now, if you've been watching the show for this season or a couple seasons, you know that my backdrop, if you're streaming live with us on video, you know my backdrop is always a couple of jerseys. Those jerseys are coming from the Jersey Jungle. They're high-quality stitch-and-twill jerseys. I collect NFL jerseys, but I'm also a baseball 
guy. So I have baseball jerseys as well. I collect Hall of Fame jerseys. I have a Jackie Robinson. I have a Ken Griffey Jr. I have a Willie Mays jersey. I got a Shohei Otani jersey as well because the guy has been absolutely on fire. Go get yourself a jersey. Basketball, baseball, hockey, football, college. They got rookies as well. Home away. They have customs. They have camouflage. Whatever you're feeling, retro jerseys from any sport, go hit up the Jersey Jungle on Instagram. DM the Jersey Jungle. Use the promo code TCK for 10% off of one or two jerseys, 15% off of three jerseys. These are already half price that you're going to find on the website. They're high quality stitch and twill game authentic jerseys. Go check them out. The Jersey Jungle on Instagram. All right, let's start diving into some player trends for this week, uh, week 12, that we want to know heading into our um, matchup. So right off the bat, we'll run through these real quick. Uh, team by team, if you guys know how we do it, we talk a little bit about types of usage, number of routes, you know, slot versus wide. We talk a little bit about run games if we have to. Um, but overall, we're trying to identify trends that we like so we can either pick up players, drop players, or start players based on these trends. Atlanta Falcons, we're going to start there. About with the Arizona Cardinals on by Russell Gage. I talked about this a little bit earlier. The key for him is that he now with Hayden Hurst out there running a lot more three receiver sets. Gage is now tied for the league in routes lead in routes for the Falcons with Kyle Pitts. He had eight targets in that game. You're going to see a much higher floor for Russell Gage. When he starts seeing more slot funnel matchups, you're going to want to play Russell Gage in those games because he's going to be used as a de facto number one wide receiver now because those routes, because remember he was hurt over the last few weeks. So he's starting to get back into game shape as well. So you're going to start, I think, gauge down the stretch. Sir is a matchup dependent wide receiver three, but I like him in some capacity moving forward. On the ground, I know Quadre Allison, a bunch of people are excited about this. And it could be possible if Allison, Patterson, and Davis are all in the lineup. Um, Davis might be healthy and inactive down the stretch if they like Allison behind Cordell Patterson. But my biggest takeaway is that Allison might have earned some snaps, but Davis being gone means that Cordell Patterson is going to be the guy when he comes back. So I think he's going to be a solid RB2 slash flex play down the stretch. The Ravens, when it really comes down to it, Marquise Brown has been out. We have not seen a game yet where it's Marquise Brown, Watkins, and Bateman all in the same lineup. We have not seen that all year. We could get it this week. Um, I am extremely interested to see what that means, though. Is that going to be Bateman in the slot? Is that going to be uh, Brown in the slot? We don't know. We'll see. But that's what I think is notable. The other thing is Lat Murray came back. Uh, and listen, Devonta Freeman was the lead back at the end of the game. When you look at the numbers. Um, but neither guy was that involved from a route standpoint. So if you look at the routes, 43 for Mark Andrews led the team. Devonta Freeman only ran 21 routes to 10 for Lat Murray. So under 50%. That's going to make it really tough to trust them in the pass game, especially when Lamar comes back. I think that's going to be notable. I think he's going to start utilizing those three receivers with Mark Andrews. The other thing is when you look at the carries. So in the first half, it was five carries for Lat Murray, six for Devonta Freeman. Then at the end of the game, it went 10, it went 16 carries for Freeman to only 10 for Lat Murray. So in the first half, when the game was relatively close and they weren't playing catch up, it was actually a 50-50 split. I think this is a tough sell for Freeman owners moving forward. But at the same time, it's nice to see him get that 16 carries at the end of the game. But I think I'm going to take a wait-and-see approach for this week with Lamar back and company to see if that continues because Lat Murray does look a little bit better as a pure runner this season. Uh, let's talk about the Bills real quick. Um, I talked about this earlier, but the nine carries in the first half, nine touches to six in the first half for Brita versus Singletary. Brita is someone I want on my teams. I want to stash him. I want to see what this goes. This kid's got juice. He looks better than everybody else. Um, and it looks like at the end of the game, Singletary was the lead guy. If you look at the first half when the thing was uh, game was not close but more competitive, it was actually Brita over Singletary, which I think is interesting. So I want Brita as a stash on my teams moving forward. Panthers, it's the DJ Moore show, but with Cam Newton now in the lineup and CMC back, the offense is moving forward. They're actually getting more scoring position. That helped Anderson score a couple weeks ago. But the other interesting nugget about Robbie Anderson is now playing more in the slot. 60% of his routes were in the slot. 80% of his targets were in the slot last week. Uh, we talked about this prior to this season. Um, yards per route run. He was one, top five in yards per route run last year in the slot. Anderson could be a nice big slot down the stretch. Um, we'll see what the Cam Newton development in the passing game is because that's the next step. Um, and this week, 
They play the Miami Dolphins, who are a slot funnel defense. So Robbie Anderson was in my article I wrote for Rasball. Make sure you're checking that out on football.rasball.com, my slot versus wide analysis, where I break down the best slot and wide matchups every single week. little plug, a little selfish plug. All right, jumping down to the Bengals. Uh, you know, the one thing I'm going to talk about with Boyd, Tyler Boyd, I can't give him up. I know. When you like a player preseason, you try to find reasons to keep liking them, right? So, I, you know, I, this is just a an observation I made because I watch Boyd a little bit closer than I watch most people. And Boyd, the biggest problem for Boyd was that he plays the slot, but most of his targets were going out wide. So it was a weird way. They were basically using him out in the flat, and then they would run crossing routes for Jamar Chase. Well, now they're taking that away because that was hitting on so many big plays for them. And now Boyd is starting to be used more in the middle of the field again. And we saw his his targets last week, 50%, were in the middle of the field. Prior to that, it was only 21%. That's big because Boyd is going to – that's where Burrow likes to throw, middle of the field. And that's what he talked about preseason. Boyd, I know we can't go run it out. I, I actually think Pittsburgh's a decent matchup for him. But I, I know, listen, he's a stash just to see if this continues because it could be a thing. I just hope it's a thing. I hope it just does me real good in the second half of the season. All right, jumping out of the Broncos, passing up on a couple teams here. Uh, jumping out of the Broncos, it's the Gordon Williams situation. And the one thing I will say this, whether you're a Gordon person, William, I mean, most people are Williams guys. Uh, Williams has got juice, I know that. It doesn't sound like they have any interest in splitting up the backfield anytime soon. They are 5-5. Five and five. They are right in the hunt for a playoff spot. They are not going to just sell Gordon down the drain. They want to keep him uh, healthy. They want to keep Williams healthy. So I think that's the one thing I will say is from a running back share, it was nine carries to eight for Gordon, three targets for each. But the one thing I will say about Williams' usage that I liked, he ran 21 routes to only 11 for Gordon. Now that means if Williams, this is the trends we like to see. Uh, Williams could be someone that a lot of people like, but hasn't produced enough that if you could pair him with another player um, and, and and trade and get a, uh, and trade, trade like a guy like Camara and get Javante Williams and Keenan Allen could be something down the stretch especially with Kamara dealing with his knee injuries and all that. Another thing is the, the Judy impact, right? So Judy comes back, Judy 21 targets since he's returned, 14 for Patrick, 9 for Sutton. Um, you know, Judy has a horrific schedule, terrible slot schedule. Um, it's unfortunate because you would hope this guy, you know, he gets the work. He is the lead wide receiver, but he's running less routes than Tim Patrick and, and Cortland Sutton. He's only running in the slot. About 80% of his routes are in the slot. So, that perspective, he's just – it is what it is. He has to have a good slot matchup. He hasn't had one yet. But I think Judy's a high-floor, low-ceiling play until he finally has that breakthrough matchup where he can face a nice slot defense. But that ain't happening against the Chargers because he has to face Chris Harris in the slot. So, unfortunately, that will not be the case. Uh, we talked about the Lions already. It's all about Josh Reynolds. Uh, I, I like him as a stash, as a wide receiver four. And Jamal Williams as a stash for Swift owners. Get your handcuffs, folks. It's handcuffing season. Packers, uh, we talked about this a couple weeks ago. Robert Tanyan getting hurt, left the door open for a potential maybe dart throw, last gasp, tight end streamer. And Diagra, whatever his name, Josea Diagra, only ran around on 53% of Deontay, Deontay Adams' uh, routes last week. But he did score a touchdown. Um, and that's where Robert Tanyan made his head. And this guy, if he continues to see rest, because Tanyan ran about weeks one through seven, Ran a route on 74% of Devontae Adams' routes. So in my opinion, if Diagra can, can earn a bigger share, let's monitor that because this offense, the Matt LaFleur offense, the Kyle Shanahan offense, loves tight ends. And if this kid could continue to develop and make a bigger share, I mean, listen, he found the end zone last week. This could be something down the stretch. Texans. Um, Nico Collins is still the number two in routes, but with, with Tyrod Taylor, he tends to lean on his veterans. We saw it with Chris Connolly. He was number two probably on the team. Uh, four targets. I also talked about with Jordan Aikens as a healthy and active. Farrell Brown ran 18 routes to 27 for Cooks in a weird game. That game against the Titans made no sense. It was a very weird game. But now against the Jets, could be a little more open, a little more flow, a little more game. If 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 Jordan Aikens is out again, Farrell Brown is a, someone I like as a streamer this week at DFS Dark Row, probably dirt cheap. Uh, because of his usage with no Jordan Aikens. David Johnson versus Rex Burkhead. David Johnson, 16 routes, six for Burkhead. The, the Jets doesn't profile as a game where Texans are going to be down big. So this leans a little towards Rex Burkhead. Um, but if you look at the carries, 
Uh, it was two carries for Rex Burkhead in the first quarter, four for Johnson. And then the rest of the game was 16 to nine. So early on in the game, it looked like they were trying to go David Johnson and David Johnson just wasn't getting it done. And then they flipped to Rex Burkhead and Burkhead looked better. You can tell in the first quarter, they tried to go more David Johnson. They gave him four carries. The rest of the game, he finished with nine. Burkhead had two carries in the first quarter. He finished the rest of the game at 16. So I don't know. I think Burkhead's a better runner. David Johnson just doesn't have it anymore on the ground. Decent pass catcher. I think this week, you lean Rex Burkhead of the two. Colts, it's really just come down to Marlon Mack being an active. Jonathan Taylor in routes now, though, in games where they're leading or competitive with this type of offense, Taylor becomes the lead back in the in the pass game, too. 14 routes, only five for Naheem Hines. So I think, listen, Taylor, it's just Jonathan Taylor season, folks. Grab on and go enjoy the ride. Jack Doyle versus Mo Ali Cox. I want to bring this up because this week the Colts have a very tough wide receiver matchup for Michael Pittman. Jack Doyle in those competitive games is the preferred guy. So he had 14 uh, routes to seven for Mo Ali Cox um, for Doyle versus Mo Ali. So I think when I'm walking at that, I just, if you're going to take a dart throw on a guy this week, uh, if you want to get real crazy, that Jack Doyle is probably the guy you lean towards because he is getting more of the routes now, now that he's getting healthier too. But I think it's, it's just, I just had to put something there. Let's just take it that. Jumping out of the Jags, Marvin Jones is the clear number one. There's no doubt in that. But LaVisca Schnell has entered the realm of we. you want him on your teams. Uh, no Jamal Agnew puts LaVisca back in the slot. The key there is because they have other players they play on the outside that LaVisca goes back into the slot. He was second in the team in routes and also led the team in slot routes last week with Agnew out. Weeks one through four, he was so much better than he was since the injury to DJ Chark. This is where LaVisca needs to be. And I think this is the matchup. He's playing Atlanta this week where you can play him as a wide receiver three in this matchup. Dan Arnold, no targets, ran 24 outs, so was second on the team. Kind of a fluke. San Francisco was a below average matchup. He has a bet, slightly better matchup against Atlanta. Atlanta's better against, uh, worse against receivers. So you would want to play Marvin Jones and those guys. But I'm telling you now, James O'Shaughnessy, look out. Dan Arnold owners, you might want to be put on notice. You have been warned. Jumping down to um, the Raiders we already talked about. Um, so the Chiefs, uh, let's, you know, I'm not going to pass it. The Chiefs, CEH's return. Um, he had 15 routes to 25, two targets to three to Williams. So Williams still edges him out in the receiving game. But 12 carries to only five. So it's CEH in close games. He's going to get the carries. But it seems like they still trust Williams more in passing situations. Something worth monitoring. But the Chiefs' defense is the key. They are playing a lot better now. And that's going to help CEH continue to get the 12-15 carries that he needs to be fantasy viable. Plus, he looked good. He looked really good on the field. So I think CEH is good and set up for the stretch run after the bye. Pringle, Byron Pringle ran the third most routes behind Hill and Kelsey. Now, it doesn't show up in the box sheet because everybody else – Fades in, but Miko Harmon only ran eight routes um, on the day, and Pringle was up in the mid-20s. And Pringle was ahead of Josh Gordon. He was ahead of Demarcus Robinson. He was ahead of Miko Harmon. And in games where the, the Chiefs are going to be in bigger shootouts, the wide receiver, too, could be notable. So I think Byron Pringle, if you're in a deeper format, could be someone you stash on your bench to see if he can continue to earn targets with the newfound usage. Raiders, we already talked about this. It's all about Hunter Renfro. The fact that he leads the team in routes, we talked about this. I think that's the key takeaway from them. Rams jumping down to him. I think it's OBJ. I think this is the week that the transition week. I think he's going to be more productive. I think he's going to be on the field more. I don't know if I'm going all in yet, but I think he's a usable wide receiver three if you need him. If you're a hill owner and you've got to throw in a bench wide receiver this week, I think OBJ should be fine. I think this is the week. I mean, the Packers have been susceptible out wide over the last five weeks. Um, jumping down to the Dolphins, the signing of Phil Lindsay is scary because Miles Gaskin had 23 carries last week. Um, I mean, he's going to be productive with that level of carries. So I think Phil Lindsay, I am going to monitor this because Phil Lindsay's got juice. He's a good player. Uh, but Gaskin just wasn't doing enough with that work. So this could be a sign of things to come. We could see Phil Lindsay eating into that. That can make Gaskins fall out of that RB2 flex range. If he's not getting this level of usage, but the usage is key. 23 carries is nothing to snuff at. Um, all right, let's just, let's just do a quick commercial break. Uh, I know we just ran through a bunch of stuff here, so I'm gonna do a quick commercial break. 
And uh, we're going to do a one for Bomba and Hot Sauce. And we'll be back to finish up player trends and get some of your questions right after this. Want to introduce you to our newest sponsor, Bomb Banana Hot Sauce. They're a brand new banana-based hot sauce founded by four University of Michigan grads. Shouts out to the Wolverines. Their sauce is an absolute must-have at any draft or watch party. Put it on nachos, pizza, wings, or literally any dip, and you will never be forced to eat boring party food again. I promise. The sweet heat and the chili banana combo provides a truly delicious restaurant-quality flavor. They currently offer two flavors, the original with the white label and the spicier Mui Mui that comes in the red label. I'm more of a mild guy, but if you like the spice, the Mui Mui is what you want. Be super excited to officially be part of the Bomba Nation. Hashtag Bomba Nation. We hope that you'll join us there. Head over to the website, www.seekthespice.com. Use the discount code TCK at checkout to get 10% off of your order. Once again, bomb banana hot sauce, banana-based, not banana-flavored hot sauce, seekthespice.com, promo code TCK. Uh, Shove down to the Patriots, Damian Harris, Ramadi Steven, and Brandon Bolden. I think this is the biggest takeaway here. Uh, listen, routes, it's still Bolden. 11, 8 for Harris, 5 for Stevenson. Targets, 2 for Bolden, 1 for Harris, 1 for Stevenson. Um, Bolden is still, this is going to be a, 1A, 1B ground game for Harrison Stevenson. And in Bolden, they get behind, it's going to be Bolden. So not great. Uh, the good news is that the Patriots offensive line is completely healthy and they should be able to put up some type of good solid run game. First half carries though. Listen, the end of the result is 12 carries to 10 for Stevenson. But first half, it was six for Harris, three for Stevenson. So it's still going to be Harris's backfield. He should be in your lineups as soon as this week playing against Tennessee, who's just completely decimated. Um, at linebacker and, and stuff. So we should play there. Saints, already talked about Traquan Smith. I think he's a decent stash, but we'll see what happens with the whole Taysom Hill situation. Giants, I, there's just so many injuries. There's no going to be no Tony, no, no Smith, no Kyle Rudolph. This, if this is the week, if you can't, if Evan Ingram does not perform this week, then, you know, it is what it is. He's not on a lot of teams. He is a streamer. Led the team in routes. I think that, yes, the, the, tight, the game against the Eagles should make sense, but, I'm just telling you now, he is not a traditional tight end. He plays as a glorified slot receiver. But we'll see. This is going to be fun. This is the, the in-depth analysis versus just being smart and playing the guys that have the best matchups. We'll see. Slayton versus Galladay. My problem here is that Galladay is not – Slayton is the better outside receiver right now. He had seven targets, only two for Galladay. For whatever reason, Galladay and David, David – um, Jones, Daniel Jones, Davis Jones. Daniel Jones just having vibes. So – my opinion, you can't. Galladay is, is droppable. You don't even have them on your teams. It hurts me. I have them literally over my shoulder, but it is what it is, folks. Um, jumping down the Jets, Elijah Moore, 35 routes, second on the team. This guy's here. I think the last question comes when Corey Davis and Denzel Mims are back on the field. Does Elijah Moore stay on the field? I think he does. He's probably this year's rookie wide receiver that blows up in the second half. Um, but we haven't seen it yet with Zach Wilson. Hopefully, that is the case. But Elijah Mitchell, his usage is there now. That's where you buy. He was still a part-time player a couple weeks ago, but now it's the usage. So second in routes, 35 routes last week, just behind Corey Davis. But now no Davis in a plus matchup. I think Elijah Moore, great wide receiver three. Ty Johnson, I know the question with Michael Carter and Ty Johnson and all this stuff and you know who to play and all that. But listen, when it comes down to it, the running backs ran 28 routes combined. So Ty Johnson, Michael Carter, and, and, and uh, Coleman. Versus 41 for Davis. So even if you compile all the running backs, they are still not even up there but ahead of the receivers, just ahead of the tight end, Ryan Griffin. So I think that from that perspective, the the, the targets are not going to be as extreme. Listen, Zach Wilson is not a check down monster like Mike, William, Mike White was. So I think that is why um, when you're looking at the splits, um, in the first few games with Wilson, there was 26 targets in just about, I think it was four or five games with uh, – with Michael Carter and Ty Johnson. Uh, so I think I, I lean Ty Johnson. I do think Ty Johnson makes sense. Um, I just, I'm not running out to start a Jets player. I just, I don't think this is tough because I know we're all in the pinch. Houston is a good matchup. Um, but I would lean Ty Johnson. He's shown the juice. And I guess Wilson, I guess the, I guess I just lied. I, th I think the narrative was Wilson didn't use his running backs. If you look at the numbers, Wilson did use his running backs, 26 targets in the first five weeks. 
It's not bad between Carter and Johnson. So maybe something's there. Eileen Car- uh, Johnson uh, in this matchup. Jumping down to Eagles, Miles Sanders slash Boston Scott. Um, so with no Jordan Howard, I think a lot of people get all worked up about how the, the, the running back share. Forget about running back share. He had 16 carries, Miles Sanders, last week. That's the most he had all season. So you could talk about his shares early on in the season. It doesn't matter. They are so much more committed to the run that even when he split work with Jordan Howard, he had the most carries of the year. It's Miles Sanders time. If you if you cared about Miles Sanders as a person and you wanted him to be good, he's gonna this is it. Like he's got to perform. This is the week. No Jordan Howard. Get him in your lineups. Forget about it. Boston Scott did still lead them in routes, though. You still lean a little Boston Scott 15 to 11. So I think Sanders is gonna still split the passing work. Kenneth Gainwell also is going to probably be more involved than Jordan Howard was because Jordan Howard doesn't have a target. So that's another thing. So Miles Sanders will have to get it done on the ground, but he was able to rush for 100 yards nearly against the Saints. So I think it's time. Dallas Goddard, it's Dallas Goddard season. I I, I feel I feel bad. I have not offered any Dallas Goddard. Um, the matchups he's played so far, um, Denver, New Orleans, are some of the tougher matchups for tight ends. After this, this from this week forward, he plays the Giants twice, the Washington football team twice, and the Jets. All plus matchups for tight ends. Dallas Goddard basically runs the second most routes just behind Devonta Smith. It's it's it. Like, I, I don't know if I, I gotta ask. I feel like we all should be asking Dallas Goddard owners what they want for Dallas Goddard. It's coming, folks. His big his breakout. He's gonna win help win fantasy titles. Steelers, it's Pat Firemuth time, folks. No Eric Ebron. So let's talk about him with Eric Ebron out. In the two games without Eric Ebron, nine for 87 and three was his stat line in those two games. Second on the team in targets with 12. Third on the team in routes at 74% of Deontay Johnson's. This guy is going to be solid rest of season. They have no Juju. They have no Ray Ray McLeod now. It's going to be Pat Firemuth in that tight end role with Eric Ebron. Enjoy the ride, folks. It'll be a fun one. 49ers, Brandon Ayuk led the team in routes, and he led the team in targets. Listen, Debo does this little hybrid uh, running back role, which helps them. Um, But they're manufacturing touches for Debo that doesn't impact Brandon Ayuk in low pass volume games. Jimmy G barely threw the ball, and he had seven targets. This is time. Brandon Ayuk against Minnesota this week. All in on Brandon Ayuk. Get him into your lineup. Seahawks. Gerald Everett's the guy I want to talk about. We brought this up a couple weeks ago. Gerald Everett, 23 routes to 28 for the main two receivers. Um, Four targets was not sound like a lot. I know they've been struggling. But Gerald Everett is now a linchpin in that offense. If you don't have a shot, if you couldn't get Pat Firemuth on your team and you're struggling at tight end, if you if you couldn't get like a Logan Thomas off waivers, Gerald Everett is one of the guys I want to pick up. I'm actually considering dropping Dan Arnold, picking up Gerald Everett, because I just feel that Russell Wilson's going to only get better, and now he's going to be locked in as that number three. So I think he offers a different element than DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, and he's slowly becoming a full-time player, and he's completely put Will Disney behind him. So I think he's a guy I want. The other guy is DJ Dallas. He became the pass game role. Travis Homer's out. Rashad Penny could be on IR soon. Um, you know, Chris Carson's not coming back anytime soon. DJ Dallas uh, so I think 12 routes to only four for Collins in the games. They, in, in the higher scoring games where they need more passing, you could see DJ Dallas become a PPR asset down the stretch, but listen, Alex Collins, 10 carries to four last week for DJ. So I think it's still Alex Collins, but I'm not feeling him th- anymore. I think DJ Dallas is someone I want to pick up maybe less than Breed. I want Breed but if you can pick up a guy this week, DJ Dallas is the guy Buccaneers, Leonard Fournette. He, does, he did run a bunch of routes, 31 routes to 44 for Mike Evans, six targets on the week. The problem is in the run game, there's a reemergence of Ronald Jones. The Leonard Fournette has not been doing well on the ground anymore. Um, they gave eight carries to, uh, to Ronald Jones, so only 10 for Leonard Fournette, and six to five in the first half. So it wasn't even a game flow thing. It was already known that they needed juice in the ground game. It's a Ronald Jones thing. So right there, Titans, no A.J. Brown, no Julio. You know, it's a decimated out there. So Des Fitzpatrick led the team in routes, six targets. Nick's Westbrook ran 38 routes to 46 for, for Fitzpatrick, seven targets, 100 yards. He looks like the decent – he's probably the guy you want to play this week if you were going to use a Titans wide receiver, but I'm not I'm not taking any of them. Anthony Ferkser ran 37 routes, seven targets. But listen, that was no golf swam. Swam will be back. I think that's a problem for Ferkser. I'm not going to bother with that. Dontrell Hilliard, 37 routes last week, nine targets. I think he you got it. He's probably the best play. He's the best Titans play this week. I think he's a solid low end RB two in any PPR. 
Format. He also had nine carries to seven for Dante Foreman. But remember, in the first half of that game, Foreman had six carries, two for Hilliard, and also seven for, for AP. So, um, you know, Foreman's still the lead guy. If the game's anywhere close, um, Foreman will get probably close to double-digit carries, but I think Hilliard's the guy you want. Last one, uh, Washington football team. Listen, Antonio Gibson, I mean, if you're a Gibson owner, you should be excited. This is the week. Seattle, we've been waiting for a good matchup. Since he's been back, he's had bad matchups, but he made it work against New Orleans. Made it work against Tampa Bay. Now he's last week. He doesn't really he he fumbles, but he had almost he had a big week big week in the second half. Just didn't catch any many passes, but he looks good on the ground again. He looks like he has that juice again. He looks like he has that edge again. In that second quarter, they benched him, but in that second half, he looked really good. Twelve of his nineteen carries came in that second half of that game. Um, overall, nineteen carries, seven for McKissick, seven for Jared Patterson. Patterson had most of his carries in that second quarter when he got benched. He's on a thin rope, but this is the week. Seattle's a plus matchup. I just want to see where they fall. Um, yeah, it's it's a solid. It's it's average. Yeah, it's not really. Seattle's better for pass catching and running backs. To be honest with you, but <laughs> that's why JD McKissick was my starter week. All right, folks, that's all I have for today. I got to get going. Uh, I got dinner plans with the misses. Sorry, guys. I see you. I got a bunch of comments in here. I apologize, but make sure you're joining us on the Sunday Live Start Sit Show. I promise you next week I'll get you guys back on the Trends Show to answer some of your questions, but unfortunately i got to run. But make sure you're joining us tomorrow. We'll be on for three full hours, Sunday Live Start Sit Show, 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. on the YouTube channel you're watching right now. If you're joining on the podcast side, make sure you're joining us tomorrow, guys. Join the contest. If you guys just want to be in the contest, if you have a FanDuel account, just Venmo us on TCK Pod with your username, and we'll get you set up, and you guys can win a jersey if you get the highest score next week. So this weekend. So let's do it. Once again, this is the fantasy, uh, the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast on the Fantasy Focus YouTube channel. I'm your host, Bobby Lamarco, folks. It's been a lot of fun. Player trends, key injuries, turkey day preview. Once again, this podcast is on the Believe Podcast Network and brought to you by Bet Online AG. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.